When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. Thanks for listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast brought to you by DraftKings, America's number one sportsbook app. With uh, the great Jason Shear pinch hitting, I'm merely Mike Luke, uh, coming right off of a uh, root canal. But you know what? We uh, we aim to please in these parts around here. So Shear, we're going to talk some Arizona basketball, then we'll we'll segue back to some Arizona football. But first, when it comes to uh, this Arizona basketball team being ranked 17th in the country, I think that's about right. Honestly, I think that's perfect. Um, I I couldn't really have them much lower than that. But I can't have a much higher than that either. I think they're somewhere in that 13 to 17 range. Yeah, I don't have any complaints at all. I mean, they're not going to be top 10 based on everything they lost last season. But you also have to rank them based on what they did last season. So I figured it would probably be like in the middle of that 25 range. And I don't really have an issue with it. It, it makes sense to me. Yeah. And, you know, you look into the other teams too. But, and it's funny because I was thinking about it there's a lot of teams out there and you're like, well, Arizona can't be as good as them or Arizona. Everybody pretty much has a ton of questions outside of about three or four teams. So, you know, like I think people are looking at it and saying, well, Arizona lost Ben Matherin and all these other guys, but every other team is pretty much dealing with the same, uh, the same issues outside of maybe a Gonzaga and whatnot. Even the Dukes and the Kentuckys are relying on five-star kids granted coming in relying on potential. Yeah, I mean, you, you take a look at, like, Gonzaga, for instance. They're highly ranked, but they lost Chet, who's obviously right. pretty good. I mean, Houston is is returns most of their players. The teams that are, are high up in the top five return most of their players. That's why right. they're there. But beyond that, yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of questions everywhere. Like, even North Carolina. Is North Carolina a fluke, or was it real what we saw in the postseason? Things like that. So Arizona is is clearly not the only team in the country that has questions, and you kind of are, are in wait and see mode to see how certain guys respond. Is it fair to wonder if Arizona's front court can average 40 and 20 this year? And I know it sounds crazy to think about, but think about it for a second. Let's say that Azulis gets 18 and 8. And then let's say that Ballo gets 11 and 8. And then let's say that Vesar, or Vesar gets 8 and 5. Well, again, that's not quite 20. But you're getting pretty close right there if those guys can reach that. And I don't think any of those are uh, unreasonable expectations. No, I, I don't at all, especially on the rebounding side, because the rebounding is going to come from there. Kirk Risa doesn't rebound a lot. Courtney Ramey is not going to be a dominant rebounder. I would expect Pella but to, to be a better rebounder. But you talk to Umar and you talk to Zoo at Media Day, and they both said right away that, that Tommy Lloyd said they need to be better on the glass. And so I think the rebounding numbers will go up. And that's where most of Arizona's production is going to come from. I mean, Tommy Lloyd plays to the strengths of, of Arizona, and the strengths are, are clearly in the front court. All right. We've talked about it. And again, I always say take whatever I'm saying with Pella Larson with a grain of salt. 
But just what do you expect from Pella Larson this season going into it? What obviously Julius is probably the best player on the team, but can Pella Larson be that end of game type guy? I Tommy Lloyd's one of the few coaches I believe when, when he said, I don't agree. I, I usually don't, but he is honest. Like, and I think the reason I do it is because when a kid struggles, he says a kid struggles also. So when he sits us down and says Pella Larson is has the potential to be an elite defender and he's going to be really good and one of the best players in the country and definitely in the conference, I believe him. So I, I don't think he'll be the best player. I think that's Zoo, but if he's right there, that that's kind of my expectation for him. With the Julius Tabellis, I think a lot of people forget, and we talked about this a little bit yesterday. This is, and again, granted, he really shrunk in the tournament. There's no doubt about it. But this is still a man, though, that also put up 31-8 and eight on the Mobley brothers. It, it, as a freshman, going against guys the same age, I think people tend to forget things like that. Yeah, I mean, look, if, if he didn't struggle like he did in the NCAA tournament, we'd be talking about him as one of the top 10 players in the entire country. Right. Uh, I mean, he, he really was that good last season. And then you expect the jump and that's the problem. And, and he recognizes it. I mean, he said, maybe I, I didn't take it seriously enough. It was my first tournament. Maybe I didn't know how hard it was going to be, but he knows he's not shying away from it, which was kind of impressive. But if he doesn't struggle like that in the tournament, uh, there's no question about a shoot list of balance. Like we're not talking about any questions with him. He is a dominant basketball player and I think he'll be fine. Um, but I think it, it also has kind of, taken away a little bit from the expectations for him is this his last year either way do you think i'd assume i mean but you never know with european kids i mean he's not really an nba prospect he can go to europe right now and make a crap load of money and right. that money is going to be there i don't think he'll become an nba guy just because he's not really that type of player so it'll probably be more of a personal decision for him right. All right, two things, and I want to get to Kirk Creasa there in a second on that. Four Peaks Brewery, the official brew of PHNX Sports, the great place in downtown of Phoenix to go watch games, and Four Peaks Brewery is at Tap and Bottle. All right, Tap and Bottle Watch Party is the place that you're going to want to be. And again, with Four Peaks Brewery, enjoy responsibly. 21 and up, uh, Arizona only, or no, excuse me, 21 and up. Uh, if you uh, just check the show notes for uh, uh, details, enjoy responsibly. Tap and bottle, though, Jason Shear. Um, the this is the place to be for all the away game watch parties. We had a great showing last week. At some point, Jason Shear is going to show up to one of these. Is this fair? Yes. All right. Now we're going to hold Jason to that as I'm time stamping that. But tap and bottle is right where you need to be. Again, great spot. Uh, Four Peaks Brew on tap. Come hang out with Arizona Wildcat fans and watch the game. Uh, watch the game. All right. Kirk Creason now. All right. And I, we, I've been on this. We're going to find out this year what Kirk Creason is about. Um, no, again, looks like he should be a good shooter. Hasn't really shown it yet, but we're going to find out this year what he's exactly about. And I would like to see something like 14 points per game because he's going to be playing the whole game. Um, 14 points per game. And if you're hovering around 40% from three and maybe low 40s from the field, I'll take it every single day of the week. It's almost an annoying because we like we hear he's a better shooter. We went to that open practice. He made nine threes in a row right. of curls. It's like everyone in practice says he's a good shooter, and then he gets into games, and one game he'll be awesome, and the next game he'll be awful. And, right. and I think the biggest thing they need from him this season isn't even necessarily 14 points a game. It's knowing what to expect. Right. Like if he can be a consistent shooter and average 
12 points a game, 10 points a game. I think they'll take that. I mean, 14 is great, obviously, but it's a deal where you don't want them to go 0 for 8 one game and then go 6 of 8 the next. They want to know what they have. They want to keep him in control, let him run the point, and, and kind of be more of a steadying force than he probably was last season. I think what's frustrating too is a lot of times when guys don't shoot well and uh, or shoot well in practice but not games, you can chalk it up to nerves a lot of the time. But this is a guy that's shown that he's more than willing to take and make big shots. So it's hard to sit there and just say that it's his nerves that are really rattling in there this It almost to me during games feels like sometimes he's trying too hard because when right. he sets his feet, those shots generally go in. It's the ones where you know, it's off the dribble or he's not sending his feet where he struggles in the games. Like at Utah, when he went nuts, he was sending his feet and they just kind of have to consistently get that going. But confidence is, is never an issue for Kerr. Right now. One thing that I do find fascinating though, is going back to Tommy Lloyd for a moment. You and I, you know, we've, we've hung out with Tommy Lloyd a few times off camera And one thing about him, though, is he's a straight shooter, and he's never told us this directly, but I'm going to quote what I believe Tommy Lloyd thinks. Tommy Lloyd absolutely believes that Pella Larson is going to play in the NBA, and he's going to play in the NBA for a long time. Yeah, 100%. Mm-hmm. I, I think if you ask him that, he would say yes. If you ask right. him, I mean, he they absolutely love Pella Larson. It might, if you asked about which guy on the team they don't worry about at all, it's Pella over anyone. Mm-hmm. Right. And again, like we talked about, the Tommy Gunn's got a little bit of credibility when it comes to this at this point because he's talked about, you know, his uh, his predictions have turned out to be true in the past. Now, looking at the uh, looking at the uh, the roster or the schedule coming up here, Maui Invitational. I'm excited because there's good teams in this Maui Invitational. Your guy Eric Musselman is obviously in there with a top ten ranking, top five recruiting class. My guy Eric Musselman. By the way, have you come around that Eric Musselman is a good college basketball coach? Uh, can I say good coach, bad person? How about great coach, bad person? Will you say that? Good coach, bad person. You're only going good coach two straight elite eights. Just doesn't do it for me. All right, fair enough. But. You could possibly could play Arkansas. You could also get Creighton in there, which is loaded as well this year, returning a lot of people. And even the teams that aren't necessarily good this year, your Louisville's, your Ohio State's, your teams like that, they're still going to have guys on the roster that could play at a lot of different places. I'm excited to see what Arizona does here, and I actually think they're going to equip themselves pretty well. I like what Tommy Lloyd said about these tournaments. He said they expose you early in the year. Because right. you don't have time to go back to practice and fix certain things. They tell you exactly what you are at that point of the season. Right. And like you mentioned, like it is a loaded tournament. Right. Uh, even the easier games aren't easy. And so um, they're going to play two good teams at least, and and we're going to learn a lot. And if they come out of there somehow winning the whole thing, that they're, they're probably a top 10 team when, when that tournament's done. All right. One person, one thing about Jason Shear that I can tell you though is that he's not a procrastinator. Jason Shear gets to games nine hours early, and uh, you know that's a, that's a good thing. But if he was a procrastinator, he would want to go to Game Time. Game Time is the hottest new ticketing site that makes it easier than ever to score the best deals on sports, concerts, shows, you name it. Save up to sixty percent on tickets when you buy tickets last minute. It's great for you procrastinators out there. And if you love PHNX, then you love Game Time. The best way to support us is by buying your tickets through the link in the description. And Candlein right here, 
Not all children have what they need to lead successful lives. Young children live in poverty, and more than 50% of these children are behind their peers before they even start kindergarten. Candlelin, a Phoenix-based nonprofit, is on a mission to provide the support programs and tools that every child needs to nurture their future. To get involved with Candlelin's mission or make a donation, visit candlelin.org. That's candlelin.org. All right. Now, looking at the rest of this conference, looking at the conference slate, I thought going into the year that USC was going to be a team not to be reckoned with, but I thought USC would be good. Without having Vince Chukawama or whatever his name, the the five-star seven-footer who I don't probably expect to play this year, it really does come down to me to be Arizona, Oregon, and UCLA. I'll believe Stanford when I see it. Yeah, I actually, uh, I don't want to brag, but I turned in my Pac-12 media poll. Yeah. Media days. What, what do you got? Um, I don't remember the whole thing, but I had UCLA, Oregon, Arizona, Stanford, I think. Okay, so uh, you have Arizona third. Yeah, I have Arizona third. I thought about having him second. Um, honestly, to me, like we've talked about this before, it's the top three and everyone else. Right, right. I don't see any of the Stanford, USC. I don't see them getting in the top three. I think that the top three are are pretty clear in the conference. One thing I feel very comfortable with those saying is that Arizona matches up very well with UCLA, and I think Arizona's definitely going to win one of those games. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think Arizona's a really tough matchup for UCLA because of that front court. They don't UCLA just doesn't have that size, even with the guys they added. All right. Now, before we sign off, let's switch over to football a little bit. I'm of the opinion now that we do know we know two things about this Arizona team. This offense is going to be really this offense is good and it's going to be really, really good next year. And at some point, and maybe it's this summer, but you're gonna you're going to have to hit the transfer portal hard for sure. But your guys like Price, your guys like Priceock, your guys like Lane, your guys like Kangaika, um, excuse me, uh, Takario Davis, Jacob Manu, there's going to have to be a lot of internal improvement from some of those guys. And, you know, I think they're capable of it because they're pretty talented dudes in their own right. Deuce Davis, another guy. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the defensive improvement is going to have to come from the portal. <laughs> going to have to come from recruiting but the guys on the team like you mentioned like jacob manu he's good right now he has to get better russell right. davis needs to get to a point where he could play more snaps sterling lane you know one of the freshman corner now they're gonna probably start next season if not by the end of this season and they got to prove they're ready for it and then you want to see guys like dj warnell improve and someone else step up that's younger and even colby cage who you know he'll never be a starter but you want him to kind of improve from there and so the key to improving this defense is, yeah, go out and get a bunch of new players, but the core they have, the freshman core, it needs to take a step forward next season or else it's kind of – you're kind of starting I, over again. I, I'm I'm in on Jed Fish. I think he's done a very good job. Again, I get the defense sucks. Totally get it. But I'm all about improvement, and we like we've talked about, this year's team would destroy last year's team. It would be over in the first quarter, so that certainly means something. That being said, i got a sneaking suspicion – could be totally wrong on this. The DJ Warnell might have been a little bit of a missy valve by the staff. I'm not saying that the guy's Ed Reed, but at the same time, I watch him and immediately he sticks out in a way that Gunnar Maldonado certainly never stuck out. Like he should have been playing from game one. And, and right. you know, he's against Washington, he struggled in coverage. I don't really blame him for that. Everyone struggled in coverage, but right. I believe off the top of my head, his run score, uh, run defense was the highest on the team. 
for that right. game. Maybe Jacob Mane was higher. He should have been playing. I mean, even if he's struggling on one side, Gunnar Maldonado was struggling on both. Um, and uh, at least DJ Warnell gives you a, a bigger physical presence against the run. And, you know, I, I would assume he's going to start every game for the rest of the season. But he's a guy where you almost wonder, you know, like I mentioned, he may not be that good this year, play as many games. But next year, I think the expectation is he kind of takes that jump forward. Do you, is there a point during the year where Jed Fish says, you know, screw it, let's let's let these guys let's let these guys learn, or are they going to kind of just stick with what's happening here and then try to figure this out next off season? If I was him, I, I that points now. Right. The bye week. Go start one of the freshman quarter cornerbacks against USC because no right. matter if in, no matter who you're playing, USC's burning them. Let's just be right. honest. Whether it's mm-hmm. trade off Dukes or a freshman corner, USC's going to throw the ball all over. And so the best way to learn is let them play against USC, let them play against Utah. Uh, you know, they played Russell Davis more snaps than they had before this past weekend. Why not play him more moving forward? I know he's a little smaller, but it's the best way he's going to learn. So if I'm Jed, I'm, you know, coming out of the bye week, I probably took an extended look. And if there's a guy that's close, throw him out there and, and let's see what happens. I'm very intrigued by Russell Davis because one thing that we have seen with players is you've seen, we've seen big defensive linemen, um, again, Jalen Harris, solid, solid player, but doesn't have that real get up off the snap. Russell Davis has that kind of get up off the snap. And again, I know that he's, I know that he's lighter, but at the same time, I'm intrigued to see what he can do. And he's a guy that I could see making a big jump, especially if he puts on 15 to 20 pounds. He's a pure pass rusher. I mean, right. that's what he is. He isn't going to go out there and dominate against the run, but he's going to get to that quarterback and he's going to pressure and he played more snaps and graded out really well in pass rushing uh, against UW. He might have been the best pass, pure pass rusher they had. And that's the type of guy that Arizona misses this year. I mean, they don't have that guy that's just going to come off the edge and, and make you think twice, and he's quicker than the offensive lineman and all that. So he's a guy where I don't know if we'll see it this year, but if he goes, like you mentioned, and, and puts on 15 pounds and six to coaching, there's no reason why he shouldn't be a starter next season. I love the story in theory of trading Stoops. I really do. Um, but one thing that I think that we can say at this point is that he just doesn't have the natural talent that guy that a guy is like uh, Price Sock and um, Takario Davis have. Again, I get that it's a difficult transition getting uh, going into college, but I'd re- especially. But if Christian Roland Wallace comes back next year, I'd really like to see one of those two claim that spot. Yeah, I mean, Stukes is a great kid, like really nice. Right. Kid. Um, does everything right, but eventually you got to kind of produce, and, and he's just been really bad. I mean, right. that's, and so you can't expect him. And look, if you're going out and getting six four cornerbacks that are physical freaks, you got to play him. And, right. and if and if you misevaluated on both, that's an issue too. Uh, right. Those guys should put on enough weight and, and physically be ready to go next season. And one of those guys should be started. Yeah, and when it comes to with Jed Fish in the transfer portal, we talked about it, and Jed Fish is pro- Jed Fish is going to have to earn his money when it comes to the transfer portal this year because you know you hear people saying, well, it's you know it's harder to get defensive guys, but at the same time, that's what he's being paid for. He's being paid to use his connections when it comes to that. Yeah, I, I mean, he he was successful in the offense, and I know he's a, an offensive guy, but. You know, there's not many excuses. I mean, it's the same selling point. You want to come and play right away. You saw what's on the field this year. If you're any good, you're starting. And if you're not starting, you're playing a ton right away. And that's going to be the clear pitch. And that's his job. Go improve the defensive side of the ball. Go figure it out, whether that's assistance, personnel, both. Um, that's, That's why you pay these guys billions of dollars. 
All right, let me tell you real quick about morefurniture.com, M-O-R-Furniture.com. This is the place where you go. If you need furniture, if you want to revamp a studio like the PHNX uh, uh, family did, More Furniture is the place. They were very kind doing it. And you know what? It looks great on top of that. M-O-R-Furniture.com. Check out the link in the description and something else we got going in here. OGs. All right, here's the deal with OGs. And uh, let me see if I can find it here because we never, I haven't read this one before. Um, all right. So here, OG, again, I'm going to have to, uh, OG's is fa absolutely fantastic. Um, check it out. It's got uh, all kinds of great deals. Check the link in the description. I apologize. My computer just froze up right there, but we will, uh, we will check, get that in again. Again, check OG's, the link in the description, and we'll have more for you on that one tomorrow. But share in uh, totality, Arizona basketball is here. I'm ready to rock and roll. How about yourself? Yeah, I'm ready. I like this time of year. We start transitioning a bit. You got both going on at the same time. It's exciting. All right. He's Jason Shear. I'm Mike Luke. Thanks for listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast.